listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. It's also um, Martin Luther uh, King Jr. Day. So uh, I posted. In all honesty, though, if you go back and watch some of those speeches that he gave, anointed, absolutely anointed. And uh, I know people can say, you know, whatever they want about his life, but straight up anointed. If you hear, if you hear those, um, if you hear those, those speeches, like you can feel the anointing on those, on those videos. Even all these years later, you can feel the anointing on those videos. Um, you should go back. If you've never done that, uh, maybe you're younger and you've never had a chance um, to watch any of those. Just YouTube him and go back and watch uh, some of those speeches that he gave. You'll feel it. You'll feel it. And, um, and so today we've, we've honored him. Of course, the nation is honoring him. What a change. What an amazing change in our nation. Um, you know, it, it blows my mind. I was thinking about this, what, two days ago now. It's Monday. Yeah, on, on Saturday. It's amazing to me how God will use a man like that to bring change, uh, equality, stop hatred, and the enemy will continue trying to undo the work that was done by people who had a heart to see change. Think about this for a minute. It's crazy. All the change that was made, I mean, all of the things that took place, all of those travesties that were addressed and to this day decades later the enemy is still trying to undo the work that was done by not just uh, MLK but many others who stood with him and uh, it makes you think because that was decades ago now think thousands of years ago when Jesus died literally the enemy to this day is still trying to undo things that Jesus did 2,000 years ago. It's crazy because it puts you in the mindset where you understand that there's never an ending point to your fight of faith. There's never an ending point to your fight of faith. Hey, Zach, it's a good thing to keep in your mind because one of the things that the enemy will try to deceive you into doing is to feel like you don't have to press anymore to continue to hold on to or take hold of your victory that was purchased for you through Christ. And you see the same thing happening in the natural that the devil tries to do in the supernatural. Here we are in 2021 and you can see clearly all of the things that the enemy's still trying to do in our culture racially. After all of these years, after all of these decades, Now, is it better? Yes, it's better than it used to be. But you understand, freedoms will always be infringed upon, which is why you've got to hold them up. It's one of the reasons, you know, in spending all the time that I got to spend in Norfolk, Virginia, I really, is the mic still rubbing? Mike, you got issues with the mic? 
Anybody else hearing that? Don't want to don't want to give you broken ears tonight. I don't know if it's because it's hanging down over here. Um, one of the things that really is it actually just touching my shirt? There we go. Is that better? Um, thank you. It's right. Barrett, write that, write that, man. Freedoms will always be infringed upon, which is why you've got to hold them up. Exactly, JT. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know what's um, amazing to me? Got to spend all the time that I spent in Norfolk, Virginia, in Virginia Beach area, all those years when I was the associate pastor with uh, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth at Dominion. You, I got to be right there next to the largest naval base in the world. And so many military, uh, not just in our church, but in that entire region. And um, obviously we have such an appreciation for our military, those that have given their lives. But it just goes to show you that these things are not just automatic. We don't just have a, a free nation. Think of every person who gave their life and shed their blood to continue upholding freedoms. Now you can be a cynic if you want, like many people are in our generation, be cynical towards our nation, cynical towards the military. But you know what I found? Most people, and I would say like 99% of those people who are like that have never traveled to third world nations like I have. They've never been in a third world nation. They don't know what it's like to be in a nation that doesn't have the freedoms that we experience in the United States of America. It's funny to me how all the celebrities love to run their mouths on social media about if this happens or that happens or this happens, I'll move into another country. And yet, they're all still here. I don't know if anybody else has noticed that, but all of the celebrities are still here. You know why? It's a wonderful nation we live in. It's a wonderful nation that we live in. If you live in the United States of America, you ought to be thankful. And it's interesting because it didn't automatically become that way. There was bloodshed, lives laid down. People gave up their life so we could have a free life. And that's how it's always going to be as long as we're on the earth. Freedom is something that you continually contend for. And I'm talking about not just in the natural, but even in the spirit, even in the spirit. There'll never be a time until Jesus comes and takes us away that we don't have to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. There's never a time that we don't have to stand up and take action to continue to hold on to the freedoms that Jesus purchased for his people. And so today, obviously, uh, we honored uh, Martin Luther King Jr., all that he did with his life, all that he did for this nation and those that stood with him, supernatural thing. And the man was anointed. You go back and watch, he was anointed. And you can say whatever you want about his life. There was an anointing on his life, which is clear. Anybody that can sense the anointing uh, could sense it when he spoke. And so all these years later, look at this. The devil's still trying to destroy our society through racial tension. It's just a proof to you. You got to keep holding up your freedom. You got to keep doing what's right. There's never a, oh, we made it moment. There's an, always going to be an enemy who fights back against you. And so I want to encourage you with this thought before we jump into what I'm getting ready to say that we're responsible. Of course, it's part of the reason we're fasting and praying. We're pressing in to continue to take hold 
of what God said belongs to us. And as we're doing that, hey, Pastor Sharon, as we're doing that, Melissa Swindle, love you, evangelist Melissa Swindle's on tonight. Um, as we're doing that, one of the things that we need to understand is that God's best is for us. In fact, it's even better if you make it personal. And I want you to write it in the comments section tonight. God's best is for me. Glory to God. God's best is for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God's best is for me. And you're talking about for you, your family, your children. It's for you. And see, here's the thing. Thank you, Luenda. Here's the thing. If we don't believe like that, that God's best is for me, we'll never contend for his best. I'm going I'm to break down what I mean by that. If we never, if we can't even believe that simple truth, God's best is for me, we will never contend for his best. Literally, we will just take whatever comes down the road, we'll take whatever life serves up or the devil tries to send, and we'll start to think, well, I guess that's just how life is. I guess, uh, I guess that's just how it goes. I guess, you know, there's ups and downs in life. You know, people think like that and they talk like that. Well, I guess there's ups and downs in life. This is how it goes. Things just happen like this. Sometimes you gotta learn to roll with the punches. That's how people talk. People that don't understand we're contending for God's best. We're contending for God's best. Let me just say this uh, to, in addition to that. The best in the land is reserved for God's people. Hallelujah. Let me say that again because it felt good saying it. The best in the land is reserved for God's people. Hallelujah. And that's exactly right. Glenn Karam makes an excellent point in the comments on Facebook that good can be the enemy of the best. And of course, if you look into the secular world, we know even business people understand that. Uh, there was a man named Jim Collins who wrote a book entitled um, Good to Great. And he deals with the thought in this secular business book that the reason that many corporations are not great is because they're satisfied being good. And that's an, it's so true even in the supernatural realm because the devil would love to put something, to allow something to be in your life and make you think this is the best it can get. See, that's a dangerous thought. This is the best it can get. Don't cap God. Don't put a cap on God's goodness. Don't put a, I'll tell you, and Glenn who wrote that, he'll be the first, first one to tell you God's good. Every time I'm around him, I'll hear it at least 50 times. He's good. God is good. God is good. God is, and he is good. He is good. So good. Don't put a cap on how good God can be to you. Many people do that. And the cap that you place there is the limit to which God can be good in your life. Did you know that? You can literally limit his goodness in your life by capping your faith and saying, well, I can only believe him to this level. Well, if that's all the level that you can believe him to, that's all he can operate it 
at. He can only operate in the area where, to which you believe him. He's, uh, he moves by faith. He doesn't move by need, doesn't move by want, move by faith. So if I can only believe to hear, that's all God can do because he honors my faith. But if I'll believe up here, or if I'll say, I, don't, I have no limit to how much I can believe the Lord, how much he can do, what he can accomplish in me, then there's no cap. There's no cap on our God. Thank you, Jesus. There's no cap. Um, I, this just popped uh, up in my spirit as I was saying that. Um, and I wanted to just kind of read this, read this verse to you. Very interesting. Um, hmm. The Bible says in Psalm 78, speaking of the people of Israel, listen to this. The Bible says in the 41st verse, and they tested God again and again and limited the Holy One of Israel. They tested God again and again and limited, limited the Holy One of Israel. They didn't remember his power or the day when he redeemed them from the foe, when he performed his signs in Egypt and marvels in the fields of Zoan. He turned the rivers to blood so that the, they could not drink of their streams. He sent among them swarms of flies. It goes right down through the power of God and all that he did, the whole testimony, but they continued again to test him and test him and limited the Holy One of Israel. Don't limit the Holy One of Israel. And I refuse to do it. That's why we continue to contend for the very best that God has. And he does have the best prepared for his people. Let me read to you uh, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 1 and verse 19. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good <laughs> the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll eat, you'll be eaten by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Look at this principle as God's using Isaiah to speak to the people of Israel. He, what's he telling them? If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You will. But then he tells them, if you refuse and rebel, then you'll be eaten up by the sword. So it's an interesting thing because it's based upon their response to his word. My response, your response determines the level at which you can live. No question. My response, your response determines the level at which you can live. Very interesting thought here. I mean, if we're going, and I had this, I had this open to Deuteronomy 28 because you know, if we go here, it's all about response. I mean, the first verse, if you faithfully obey all that I command you today, <laughs> you see, and then he talks about if you'll, then what will happen? I'll set you high above the nations of, of the earth. You'll lend to many nations. You'll not borrow. You'll be the head, not the tail. But I wanted to read to you, uh, starting with uh, verse number eight, Deuteronomy 28, eight. Now you listen to this and tell me how it's not the best. Now it's not the best for the covenant people of God. The Lord will command 
the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord, your God, walk in his ways, all the people of the earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. Look at that. He will make you abound in prosperity. The best is for you. In the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and the fruit of your ground, within the land the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. And the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands and you'll lend to many nations, but you'll not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head, not the tail. You'll only go up and you'll not go down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. You read these things and how can you look at that and say, God's best is not for me. It is for you. It is for you. I'm sure people were doubting me uh, today. When I started, we were talking about the best tonight. Today I was talking about having a bologna and cheese sandwich. Listen, if that's what you want, you can have it. If you want a bologna and cheese sandwich, that's what you can have faith for. And that's what you enjoy, have it. If you want a medium rare steak from Capitol Grill, go get it. (laughs) You're funny, JT. It's boxy and big is what it is after this. He said, that sport coat, I could wrap this thing around me almost twice. That's what happens to you, man. You you have faith for what you want. Have faith for what you want. You can have what you say. You can have what you say. God's best is yours. Sorry with the food references. God's best. Listen to this. Proverbs 13, 22, Zach Wilson put this up a little earlier. He was ahead of me. He was in the Holy Ghost. Here's my friend, Rob Conover. Love you, bud. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth, glory to God, is laid up for the righteous. It's laid up for you. It's laid up for me. The best is not for the wicked. The best is for the righteous. It's for us. We're God's people. Let me ask you a question. Who does the earth belong to? Does the earth belong to Satan or is the earth the Lord's and the fullness thereof? It's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. Let me ask you, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Is it the devil or does God own the cattle on a thousand hills? God does. The silver and the gold, whose are they? Are they Satan's? Or are they gods? They're gods. The silver and the gold, the Bible says, they are his. They are his. And so understand something. The best truly is for the people of God. It's not for the wicked. It's not for the wicked. It's for the people of God. Amen. I don't mind saying that. I don't mind saying that. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that We don't think twice when we see a wicked businessman go by with a $10,000 watch on. Why don't we think anything of that? All all we think is, man, that's nice. 
that looks nice. Why do we look at that and say that looks nice, but if we ever saw a Christian walk by with a $10,000 watch on, we'd be upset some, for some reason. We'd be upset because he didn't sell it to feed people, or we'd be upset because that's, you know, no one should have anything that nice, or we'd be upset because, oh, I, doesn't he think he's something? He must be walking in pride. Or Why is it that we can see, listen to me now, our minds have been conditioned to look at sinners having nice things and being okay with it and expecting it and saying, well, yeah, man, that's nice. I wish I had something like that. And then when we see God's people, covenant people have nice things, we get bent out of shape for some reason. When in reality, the best is for you. That's right, Zach. Could have sold that perfume and fed the poor. And that was Judas' attitude. Judas' attitude was, how dare she break open that perfume that cost a year's wages and just pour it on the Lord? How dare she? And he spoke up and said, we could have sold that and given the money to the poor. And I love how one gospel actually tells on him and says, he didn't say this because he was interested in helping the poor, but because he often took from the money bag for himself. He didn't say it because he cared about the poor. He said it because he wanted a piece of it. It's the same, ra- same reason the government has legalized marijuana in some states. It's not because they want to uh, you know, make sure that it's safely uh, distributed. No, they want a cut of it. The government wants to be your drug dealer. That's why. Why do you think they want to get into health care? Because they care about your health? No, they want your money. That's exactly why. They want to dip their hand in the money bag. I'm sure you've all figured that out by now. The government doesn't, well, we just want people to have more responsible ways of getting marijuana. No, they don't care about giving you more responsible ways to get marijuana. They want to tax it and have the money. Well, you know, the reason that we uh, want to get into health care and and pass health care acts is because we want to make sure the American people have the best possible health care. Yeah, that's what they've really done. They want the money. They want the insurance companies to pay them. Obviously. And that's the Judas attitude. Want to stick their hand in the money bag. You think, in all honesty, do you think the government cares? about whether or not people get clean off drugs? Or do you think that they have centers where they have people who give you government prescribed drugs so that they can get kickbacks off of drugs? Obviously, it's the Judas mindset. We could do that, take that and do better with it. No, you just want a cut of it. And see, that's the wicked mindset. The, the wicked mindset. It's not because of that. And it blows my mind that we've been brainwashed, really, to think that way, to watch. I mean, how many of you raise your hand if you're not ashamed in the comments section, you know, um, maybe a decade ago or so, maybe even a little longer than that, I'm showing my age, that you turned on MTV and watched MTV Cribs. Put a hand up 
in the comments if you've watched MTV Cribs. You've watched MTV Cribs. And I know it won't be everybody. It's probably just me and Miss Luenda. But MTV Cribs, if you've watched it. There's hands going up. Letty's watched it. Christina's watched it. I'm calling you out. <laughs> Lindsay. Yeah. People have, okay, so you know what I'm talking about. All right, so why do we turn on MTV Cribs? Okay, let me ask you, why do we turn it on? What is the whole point of the show? What's the whole point of the show? I mean, in, in, all, in all seriousness, the point of the show is all they wanted to do was to flaunt their wealth and all of the things they had, their cars, their jewelry, their homes, their side homes, their boats, their wave runners. They wanted to flaunt it in front of your face. That's the point of the show. You know why? Let me show you why. It's because they know, they know that the average person wants to see those things because they want them themselves. They wish they lived like that. It's actually a form of, um, and I'm trying to think of the exact technical term, but it, it's, it's a, yeah, that's exactly right, Zach. I was going to say that a moment. Uh, yeah, that was even before that lifestyles of the rich and famous. And there was, and they, they discovered later on that cribs, half of it wasn't even real. A lot of the homes were rented. A lot of the cars were rented. A lot of the jewelry was rented. You know, it makes me laugh. You watch all those hip hop videos from back in the day and guys were blinged out, had huge diamond necklaces, huge diamond earrings, huge diamond Rolexes. And you find out later they didn't even own them. What a sham. What a sham. And so, you know, what, but, but watch this. We watch the show. We all watched the show and sat there and never thought once to ourselves. Well, you know, they could have really give, they could have sown that into the kingdom. I don't know why Lil Wayne is living in a house like that and driving that when he could have literally uh, fed the poor. He could have really blessed the kingdom with that. Nobody thought that. You know what everybody thought? Cool. That's all they thought. Cool. Blows my mind. Nobody watched any of those guys get in, get on that show and say, let me take you in here. Here's the bedroom. Here's where magic happened. And you take you in there. Nobody sat there and thought, I can't believe he'd have a bed like that and a room like that and a TV like that and a car like that. And I, I don't know why he's not tithing. Nobody thought that. Everybody just thought, cool. You know why? We've been conditioned to think that Christians shouldn't have and wicked people should have. Amen. That's exactly what we've been taught. It's exactly what the devil has tried to do to pull the wool over our eyes so that we go around expecting to have nothing. And then we brag about it. If we went and got to have a four day vacation in some city somewhere that we put on a credit card. 
And we think, I'm blessed, hallelujah, I'm blessed, too blessed to be distressed under the spot where the glory comes out. And you're paying 19.9% to go stay four nights in a hotel somewhere that you can't even afford to do and giving God thanks and praise with a praise break as if you're walking in the overflow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We've been conditioned to think that we should not have anything that we shouldn't have overflow. That's for the wicked. You know how? By stupid things done by religion, like the Roman Catholic Church did, having priests take a vow of poverty. <laughs> stupid. It's stupid. A vow of poverty. Who in the Bible took a vow of poverty? ridiculous. And it's a demonic thing. Lack here. Listen to this. When you understand that one of God's names that defines his personality and nature means the overflowing one, the more than enough one, the all sufficient one. And another one of his names means I am your provider. (laughs) Two of his names in the Bible, the all-sufficient one, the many-breasted one, and the provider. It's, it's not something he likes to do every now and then. It's who he is. How do we get around that? No, it's not wrong to think that, Nick. Claim it and take it. Base it on Proverbs 13, 22, And ask God to transfer Soros money and all of them. Planned Parenthood into your hand. Amen, Zach. The son of man has no place to lay his head. I'm I'm telling you. Listen to Proverbs 8, 20 and 21. Glenn just put in the comments. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. That's a scripture in the Bible. And anybody that doesn't like it wants to rip it out of their Bible, is going to have to do that. You're going to have to destroy your Bible to get these kinds of verses out. It's talking about wisdom, once again. The context of that verse, Proverbs 8, uh, 20 and 21. No, Nick, it's Proverbs 13, 22. But what Glenn just posted, Proverbs 8, verses 20 and 21, the context of that passage is wisdom. And the Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. I'm going to read it again. Actually, I'll start back in verse 18. Riches and honor are with me. With who? Wisdom. Wisdom. And the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Enduring wealth. Not not a flash in the pan wealth enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield better than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. (laughs) Filling their treasuries. I want you to just put it in the comments. My treasury will be full. My treasury will will be full in Jesus name. The best is for you. It's not for somebody else. 
It's for you. Hallelujah. It's for you. You want to hear an awesome testimony? My wife, and I had said this just, and even forgot. I even forgot I said this. I forgot I said this. Listen to how God, I'm I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you this. Listen to how God listens to the things, not that you need, the things even that you want, things that you want because he loves you. Can you imagine me hearing that my child wants something? Throw a hand up in the comments if you enjoy blessing your children. I mean, blessing them. I don't mean providing for them. I don't mean allowing them to survive in your house. I mean, blessing them with stuff they don't need. Raise your hand if you love to bless your children. And again, I'm not talking about putting food on the table for them, getting them clothes to wear and a roof over their head. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about stuff they don't need, but that they like. Because you just like to see them smile and enjoy it. Amen. Look at all the hands. People love it. They love to bless their children. Okay. Now let me remind you of something. You are an imperfect human being. You are not the heavenly father. You're not the heavenly father. So if you're that good, and I'm seeing tons of hands go up in the comments section, tons. If you're that good to your children, Imagine how good God is to you and wants to be for those that don't even understand that level of his goodness. Imagine if you're that good. We just came through Christmas. I'm sure there were presents upon presents under your tree to bless your family. And there's nothing at all wrong with that. Not a thing. Not a thing. You should bless your children and your family. And just remember, You're not the heavenly father. So if you're that good, imagine how good he is and how much he wants to bless you. Not with what you need, even with the things you want. He gives you the desires of your heart. And we were, Carolyn and I were walking through the mall, uh, just doing some shopping and, um, I'm a watch guy. I like watches. You know, I got that, I think, from my grandfather. He was, he was the same way. He could spot, if you got a new watch, you could be 80 feet across the room on the other side of a sanctuary, and he'd spot that thing with an eagle eye. And then when you, when you came close to him and went to shake his hand, he'd just grab your wrist with an iron grip and say, show me that new watch. He could see it. I don't know how he could see it, but he loved watches. And I like, I like watches also. And, um, we were walking through the mall and I looked over, we, we, we walked past a, um, we walked past a jewelry store and they had, uh, a brand of watches in the window that I had never really looked deeply into them because, um, I wasn't really a big fan of that brand of watch. It's a very, very nice kind of watch, but I was never uh, a massive fan of a lot of their designs. But then I saw one that they put out and they had it in the window. Must have been, I don't know if it was a new model or what, but it was like a diver's watch. It had like a diver's look to it. And it was like a dressy style diver's watch, but with like a nice rubber band, really nice. 
navy blue rubber band, navy blue bezel on the diver's watch, navy blue face. Very, very nice looking. And uh, it's, it's a nice watch. And we were, as we were walking, I said, oh, man, look at that, Carolyn. I said, that's a nice, I really like that watch. I said, that's odd. I haven't seen a lot of watches from that company that I like. I like that one a lot. And uh, we'd talked about it and we'd, saw, we'd seen it in the mall. Well, uh, I didn't know. Carolyn had been setting some money aside because she really wanted to, to bless me at Christmas time. I had no idea. And uh, there's a guy here that we, we work through, our pastor works through, others that we know uh, that owns his own shop. And she said, you know what? Um, I'm just going to call him because he's, he's not a jewelry store. He's like a jeweler that has things uh, at his shop. He may or may not have things. He just has what he has. And so she said, you know what? I'm just going to call him just out of the blue and see if, you know, maybe if he does, maybe if he could order it or something. I mean, just to see what he has in stock. And so she calls this guy up and says, um, Hey, my husband was looking at this watch when we were out and she talked about the make that it was and the brand, whatever she said, it was really nice. And it's like a diver's watch. And you know, it has a Navy. He said, really? He said, now this is very interesting. Now that this was so, so supernatural. I mean, you think about how God likes to bless you. He goes, that's really interesting. He said, I'm looking, he said, I'm here in the shop. He said, I normally don't have these at all. He said, but I'm sitting here looking in my shop at a brand new box. And it's like a nice wooden case box. He said, I'm looking at this. He said, a businessman came into my shop two days ago, two days ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. A businessman came into my shop two days ago. And I don't know if like his company had bought it for him as a gift or, or what had happened, but he had, and he said, it's the exact watch that you're describing. It's the same exact one. He said, I'm looking at it. Navy blue rubber band. It's the same diver's watch, same color, navy blue face, navy blue bezel, everything. He said, it's brand new with the papers and the box sitting here in, in my shop. He said, the guy just dropped it off two days ago, never even wore it once. And, uh, so she knew what the watch cost retail. And so she just made the guy an offer. She said, well, would you take this much for it? And basically what happened, he said, you know what? I will. He said, not only that, oh man, he said, not only that, he said, but this businessman they didn't just get him this watch, but they had also got him an extra band for the watch. And so it doesn't just have the rubber band. They bought him also like a, a metal bracelet band. So it's like an all silver, now like an all silver watch. And he said, that bracelet band alone is about another $700. He said, but you know what? I'm going to give it to you for free. So what, I'm not going to do anything. What am I going to do with a, a band sitting around? So he said, I'll give you the watch and the band, the box, the papers, the whole thing, uh, and basically exactly what she said. And it was less, when you put it all together, less than 50% of what that watch is worth. And literally, I mean, if you think about this, God, I mean, you say, well, God doesn't care about the little things. Cared so much, cared so much about something that I had just in passing. Now, listen to me. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. 
I wasn't setting my faith for this watch. I wasn't, listen to me, because this is an important point. I wasn't setting my faith for this watch. I'm just believing if you'll believe with me, I've been really believing for a nice watch. And if you, I wasn't setting my faith for a watch, please. I'm setting my faith for bigger things, bigger things. I'm setting my faith to touch the world through television. I'm setting my faith to feed hundreds of children. I'm setting my faith for bigger things. The word that I got in Danville and got here with our bishop and Rod, Dr. Rod, I'm believing for planes to come into this ministry. Bigger things, properties. I'm not setting my faith for a watch, please. But I want you to think about how God cares about you. All I did was walk past it in the mall, see it in the window and say, man, that's really nice. That's a, I really like that. Really like that. That's very nice. God knows what I even like. <laughs> I mean, think about this. Even knows what you like and has a businessman buy it new or have his company buy it brand new and walk into the st- What do you say? It's, it, it's some sort of a uh, coincidence. Has this businessman marched this watch into the shop that I use and our, our bishop and our family use just randomly and take the exact watch, exact color, <laughs> everything new, and turn it in without having worn it or touched it so that I could have it. Amen. God doesn't just care about what you need. He cares about what you want. Why? Because he's not just Lord. He's not just King. He's father. Hallelujah. He's father. That's a big, big distinction. He's not just king. He's not just Lord. He's father. And you see, he's a loving heavenly father. Loves you. Loves you. Cares about you. Wants to bless you. The best is set aside. Not for others. For you. Somebody write it in the comments. For me. For me, hallelujah, for me, I'm thinking about it in my own life. I'm thinking about the house that I'm living in, that the Lord directed us to. You've heard it. Maybe you've not heard the testimony on the house that we're living in now, but I'll tell it to you anyway, in case you haven't heard it. We, we moved down here to Florida by a word from the Holy ghost. That's it. That's it. Literally. No reason to come. There's no extra opportunities in Florida. No, I wasn't taking over a ministry or a church or starting a church or any. It was just by the direction of the Holy Ghost that he said move. I was driving from Pittsburgh to Rochester, New York, and I said, I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost the whole drive. I didn't pray in the Holy Ghost for more than 10 minutes. And the Lord said, it's time for you to do this, 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 and this. Gave me clear direction, this, 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 and this. And as he said it, I called Carolyn. She prayed, I prayed. We felt the Holy Ghost got that green light and made the move with no plans other than, we're going down. Got down here, found a beautiful home, began to rent it. Rented it for two years when all of a sudden the landlord decided out of the blue that he wanted to sell the place. And came in, I was out of the, I mean, literally, I, I was out of the continental U.S. I was preaching. He comes in and says, you guys need to be out of this house in five weeks. Five weeks. 
I'm not even going to be home. I'm, I was out. I was in Africa. I was all over the place, all over the place. Five weeks. We got a family of five and a full house. And you're telling me that not only do I have to be out now, I have to find a new house, get approved, buy it, not only buy it, close on it, not only close on it, move all of our stuff out of that rental house and into the house that we would buy. And I got five weeks to do that and I won't even be home. And our only prayer point, I want you to think about this. Our only prayer point was, Lord, we want to stay in this development that you brought us to. We really liked where the Lord brought us. And we said, Lord, we want to stay in this development. Well, Carolyn's looking online and finds this house. And it's a house that's in the exact same development where we were renting just across the street. Now, here's an interesting fact for you. Every day, without even me knowing why, when I would do my daily walk, I would go out of our rental house, walk. I would not walk our neighborhood and pray in the Holy Ghost. I would walk out of our rental house, cross the street in the development to another neighborhood, walk that neighborhood praying in the Holy Ghost. Little do I know, that's the neighborhood where the Lord has prepared a house for us that we're going to buy. And without even me knowing it, I probably walked past that house every day, about 30 times a day across it, praying in the Holy Ghost, just sitting there praying in the Holy Ghost. Now you hear this, when I moved with my family to South Florida, that house went on the market. It's not common where we live here for properties to stay on the market. They get snatched up, especially in that kind of a neighborhood, they get snatched up beautiful homes. And it sat on the market for two years, two years. Hear what I'm saying. People tried to buy it and couldn't. They would, they would literally put the offer in, offer accepted, and then something would happen. The sale would fall through back on the market, back on the market. Another sale, another approval, prove the price, everything good. Can't get the money price whole thing falls apart, sat on the market for two years while I rented across the street. And when that's right, Christine was already mine. And when it was time for God to put it in our hand by that time, I want you to think about this. The owner of the property, who's an attorney in Miami dropped the price on the house over a hundred thousand dollars dropped it. <laughs> and then when we sat down to close, gave me $15,000 at the closing table cash. Hallelujah. All in one day. Boom. Thank you, Jesus. God ordained it. Best position on the whole block. I'm not even kidding you. Not even kidding you. Best position on the whole block. Can I give you the other side of that? Is that after that was all said and done, and I'm just sharing this with you because you need to hear these kinds of stories. You need to hear these kinds of stories. After that was all said and done, dropped the price $100,000, gave me 15,000 cash at the closing table, purchased the property, and then because the guy was in such a rush, 
He was in such a rush, this attorney, to flip this house. He thought he was going to flip the house. He thought he was going to flip it like that and cut all kinds of corners. He thought getting this work done and did some work uh, improperly. When I took the house over and looked through it, there were things that were done wrong. I called the insurance company and the insurance company found it and absolutely saw what was done wrong. And then they had to pay me. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. And the insurance company had to cut a check. (laughs) They don't like doing that. Too bad. (laughs) And the insurance company had to cut a check. I think it was like 70 something thousand dollars that they had to cut. And everything, now I want you to hear this. My wife, who the Lord loves her, the Lord loves her, knows the desires of her heart. My wife got to do in the house exactly what she wanted to do, the way her heart's desire was, and not a dollar came out of my pocket or her pocket. We have the same pocket. (laughs) And everything that she desired, desires of her heart, God just put it in her hand, put it in my hand. Why? Because he loves you, cares for you, knows what you, not only what you need, what you want. Hallelujah. And when I say God has the best for you, trust me when I'm telling you, you'll eat the good of the land. You'll eat the good of the land. (laughs) Somebody came in our house the other day that's not, that doesn't serve the Lord. Somebody that does not serve the Lord came in. I promise you, you ask my wife, I wish she was here to tell this story to you. Somebody who does not serve the Lord. That's not, I'm talking about that does well in life came in and you know, they don't know how to talk. I'm not, I'm not going to say it in a way that a Christian would say it. they weren't a Christian, but basically came in and looked around and as a sinner, you know what they basically said to us, man, you guys are blessed. <laughs> when a sinner says that, listen to me, when a sinner says that, you know, that, and that's, that's what we've been confessing, right? Psalm 126, where the Bible says that it would be said among the heathen that the Lord has done great things for them. What have I been prophesying to you? Get ready for people who don't even know the Lord to be able to look at what God's done in your life and say, oh man, that's, you are blessed. That is God. And I'm just telling you, that's going to be your story in Jesus' name. I'm not telling you these things to brag. I'm telling you because as somebody who has seen it work, I've seen it work time and time and time and time again. The same things God will do for me, he'll do for you. He doesn't love me any more than he loves you. No, God loves you as much as he loves me. He loves you. You're his child. You're his child. And guess what? You have covenant with him. You've got covenant with him. And because you do, he loves you, cares for you, wants to bless you. The best is yours in Jesus' name. The best. I know that freaks people out because preachers won't preach like this. They won't talk about what the Bible says. They won't talk about it. They're afraid to mention it. 
They said, well, it's a little excessive, brother. Oh, really? Then God's excessive because that's how he treats his covenant people. It's how he treats his covenant people. I read it to you the other day. Paul was a prisoner on his way to Rome where he would ultimately be executed. He'd be executed. And he, he got shipwrecked and landed on the shores of Malta, the island of Malta. Immediately, he is met by the inhabitants of Malta, and the Bible records they showed us unusual kindness. Unusual kindness. And then immediately, as a prisoner, he is scooped up by the most influential man on the entire island and taken to stay in his house which would have been the nicest house on the island and ate at his table, ate his food, stayed in his home, slept in his stuff. You understand? As a prisoner. Why? God knows how to bless his covenant people. Knows how to bless us. And then the Bible says, Paul, who's anointed by the Lord, begins to perform mighty signs, wonders, and miracles. And then before they leave, two things happen. The Bible says, first, They came and honored us with many honors, honored us with many honors, and then totally provisioned us. Think about this at their own expense, at their own cost. And, And commentaries say it would have taken a long time to prepare the ships, prepared the ships, totally provisioned them with everything they'd need, honored them with many honors, provisioned their ship and sent them out blessed. I mean, Old Testament, New Testament, whatever. If if you think that's excessive, God's excessive. Why would God excessively bless Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Why would he excessively bless Job? Why would he excessively bless David and Solomon? Excessively. These were his covenant men. Listen. God didn't just, you you can say what you want. Well, you know, David was a king. That's why he was so blessed. Okay, if that's what you want to say, when it came down to giving money to build the temple of Solomon, the temple of the Lord that Solomon actually built, David paid for it and his elders. And the Bible says they gave of their own gold and silver and precious metals and wood. And the Bible, if you, if you actually, because the Bible lists how much gold they gave, you go back and do what I did and take their gold and bring it into today's value. You know what you're going to find out? David alone gave six billion with a B six billion dollars worth of gold and silver alone billion. But if you think, well, he's just the King. That's why he said, okay, his elders, the Bible says, and if you want to look this up for yourself, it's in first Chronicles 29, his elders gave so much money, gave so much money, not him. He's the King. Now let's talk about his elders. They pulled out from their own personal treasury and you know how much they gave? Let me tell you how much they gave. By the time they were done giving, it was an additional 14 billion with a B. 14 billion (laughs) dollars. Well, you know, David was the king. They weren't the king. They weren't the king. They were just God's people who were blessed. And in only the, uh, listen, I'm not calculating their timber. I'm not calculating their marble. 
I'm not calculating their precious stones. I'm not calculating any of that. They're bronze. I, I can't. I can calculate the gold and silver, which is what I did. And this is what they gave. Today's value, the elders. Imagine it's like the deacons in your church. The deacons gave 14 billion so that the total offering in gold and silver that was given for the temple was over 20 billion dollars, 20 billion. <laughs> and that's such a big number that people don't even understand how much money it is. They don't even understand. Nobody that's watching me even has a reference for $20 billion. You don't have it. I don't have a reference for it for 20 billion. I had to actually make a reference so that when I told this story, people would be able to comprehend what they can do with $20 billion. You could build Yankee Stadium 13 times and still have $500 million left over. Hear that. You could build Yankee Stadium 13 times and still have $500 million left over. That's how much money they gave in only the gold and silver to build the temple of God. That was their offering. It's not all they had. It was just their offering. Well, you know, that's a little excessive if you ask me. Well, then why would God excessively bless them? If God's so against prosperity, if he's so against the blessing, if he's so against the evil prosperity gospel, if he's so against it, then why would he use it as a reward for his people? Why don't, why don't people ask that question ever? I mean, seriously, why don't they ever ask that question? Everybody that's against the prosperity gospel, which I don't even believe in, I just believe in the gospel. If, if they're so against it, if that's the case, well, God's, God doesn't like that. It, that angers God when people talk like that, live like, okay, well then why did God use a uh, material blessing as a means to reward his people for their obedience. There's no way for anybody who has a brain to read De Deuteronomy 28 and read the things that God told Israel that he would do for them if they would simply obey his commands and adhere to the covenant. I read them to you at the beginning of this broadcast because there's no way to read them and then say, well, you know, God doesn't like material blessing. Well, if he doesn't like material blessing, why did he promise to give it to them if they'd obey? Here's the thing. If it's a bad thing, as a lot of people preach, if it's an evil thing, if it's a dangerous thing, then it should be a punishment for sin, Right? It should be a punishment for sin, not a blessing for obedience. Not a blessing. If it's evil, if it causes harm, then God should have said, and if you disobey me today, and if you disobey my covenant, all that I command you, I will make sure your barns overflow. I will make sure that gold and silver are coming out your nose. I'll make sure that your children want for nothing. I'll make sure that your lands produce. I'll make sure that your livestock are healthy and fat and continue to multiply like the grains of the sand on the seashore. I mean, if that's a bad thing, 
It should have been what he did if they were disobedient. But it was a blessing for obedience. <laughs> we laugh, but that's, that shows you God's mindset and his nature. <laughs> it's not bad. It's good. It's his plan. It's his plan. It is his plan. I wanted to come on and encourage you tonight as you're fasting and praying and believing God. I want to encourage you that the best is yours. The best is yours. I want to pray for you here at the end of this broadcast and ask God that he would enlarge your vision so that you don't limit the Holy One of Israel. He wants to bless you abundantly. He wants to put the best in your hand. He wants to put the best in your family, best in your children, best in your business, best in your ministry. He wants to lift you head and shoulders above the rest to show that he's good and he has the ability to bless you. Amen. He wants to bless you. And see, here's why I want to pray for you tonight. As I said at the beginning, many people have been brainwashed to believe that they shouldn't have or couldn't have what God said is theirs, but you can have it and you will have it by faith. Father, I pray for every one of your people that are watching tonight, enlarge their mind, enlarge their vision, enlarge their faith to ask you for great things. Your word says that we should come boldly before the throne of grace to seek help in the time of need. And so Lord, we ask you as the world's in crisis, we will never be, we will only abound. We will only increase. You are Je Jehovah Jireh, you're El Shaddai. And so we say, thank you that you're providing for every one of us. We thank you. You do exceeding abundantly and above all that we could ask or think. So Lord, let us ask bigger, think bigger, believe bigger to see your mighty right hand touch our lives and families this year. We expect to run in 2021 and not grow weary. Walk, not faint. Renew our strength. Mount up with wings like eagles in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we give you glory and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I know the Lord stirred your faith tonight. If he has and you're ready for increase, I want to encourage you to sow a seed. Sow a seed by faith. Sow a seed and do whatever the Lord tells you to do. I can't tell you what to do. I'm not the Holy Ghost. I'm not the Holy Ghost. And the wonderful thing is there's no pressure. There's no pressure on you to sow. There's no pressure because we're not in crisis. We don't need, if you don't sow tonight, we're going off here. There's no pressure. You don't give in response to manipulation or pressure. One of the things that I've always done for the last now, at least two to three years, because I got really convicted about it because the Bible teaches it. If I'm in a situation where I ever feel manipulation or pressure, I won't give. I won't give. You'll never see me giving in one of those offerings, people sitting around. I need 15 people to give 20. I need 100 people to give 100. You're not, you pressure me, manipulate me. If you'll sow right now, $66. Right now I can see that there's a, nope. Don't manipulate me. Don't pressure me. That takes the joy out of my giving. And if the joy is taken out of my giving, I can't be a cheerful giver. And if, I'm a, if I can't be a cheerful giver, I can't be a giver God loves. Turns my seed into a worthless deed. And so I want you to hear it tonight. If you're sowing, 
you are sowing by your own free will what the Lord's speaking to you to do. And it's going to cause a harvest to be provoked because harvests answer seeds. And so I want to encourage you to sow by faith. What is something? Here's where you got to be introspective. Number one, what's the Lord saying to do? Number two, what is something you can sow that would move your faith? What is it? Ask yourself, what would cause me to use my faith tonight to believe for something big to come back? My uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, said something one time as I was on staff there that I will never forget, ever. He said this, if you don't feel it when it goes, you won't feel it when it comes back. But if you feel it when it goes, if your flesh can feel it, if your spirit can feel it, you'll feel that harvest when it comes back. If you feel the seed when it leaves, you'll feel the harvest when it comes back. It's how you judge it. Is your flesh fighting against it? It's probably of God. And so hear the voice of the Lord. Lord, speak to your people tonight. Give them an instruction about what they should sow and then give them the faith to step out and do it in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, heal Janet's husband. I take authority over coronavirus. I take authority over what they're calling PIC or PIC, pneumonia, influenza, corona. I take authority over it right now and I rebuke it. Lose his body tonight, you foul spirit of infirmity, and let him go. Touch Janet's husband even now. Strengthen him. We give you praise, Lord, and thanks. Amen. Touch the people who need a touch. The information's on your screen. Encourage you to sow now. MiracleWord.com. You can sow a seed on the website. All the ways to give are right there on the website, as well as PayPal's available, Cash App, hashtag donate, Venmo's available. All that information's right there, and you can sow instantly. And I want to say thank you to everybody that's been partnering with us, standing with us. Last Thursday night, our first television program aired, and this coming Thursday is our second week now on television. It is exciting to see God opening the doors all over the world. You're a part of it by your sewing. You get to play a part and get a reward for what God's using this ministry to do. And I say thank you, and I love and appreciate you. And I know Carolyn does too. She's currently in Marco Island on the other coast of Florida, and she's speaking all uh, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday uh, at 11 a.m. New York City time until 1 o'clock p.m. New York City time. And she's with Miss Kelly Gilman, Pastor Rhonda Spencer, Pastor Jenny Raybert, and Pastor Nicole Crank at Faith Broadcasting Network. It's being aired uh, all over Africa, the UK, all digital platforms. It's amazing. Today was great. She'll be live again tomorrow and on Wednesday. And uh, if you don't miss it, if you did miss it, go back and watch the replay. We shared it on Facebook and uh, it, it's just awesome. I'm very proud of her. Doing a great, great job. For everybody that's sewing this month and standing with us in partnership, let us send you Miss Gloria Copeland's book, God's Will is Prosperity. It'll open your eyes to the things I've been talking about uh, on this broadcast tonight. God's will for you is prosperity. That's his plan for your life. And if you've sown a seed uh, and, and are partnering with us at $85 or more, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer. Fill out the form and uh, let us know where to send the book, how you sowed your seed. We want to bless you. Those of you that are uh, sowing largely, and many people are, 
thousand dollars, twenty five hundred, five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, whatever the Lord speaks to you to do. We're going to include with that the Life Application Study Bible, genuine leather, New Living Translation. I love it. It's our gift to you to say thanks and to say we we love and appreciate uh, all that you're doing to stand with me and Carolyn as we're doing what God's telling us to do. And so it's great. I'll be back in the morning, 10.30 a.m. And then, of course, all week long, we're, we're live as we're on the final week of the fast at 9 p.m. like we are tonight. The only other uh, thing I want to say is on Friday, we have our miracle prayer and communion service. We're going to be praying for your requests. We want you to send them. Go to miracleword.com forward slash prayer. Send your prayer request. We're going to print them out, lay our hands upon them. And then we're going to take communion together on Friday night coming, January the 22nd at 9 p.m. New York City time. And believe God for miracles in 2021. And we're going to break the fast together. It's going to be a wonderful night. You don't want to miss it. So get your prayer requests in early. Miracleword.com forward slash prayer. And uh, let's break this thing in victory and watch what God will do for the rest of the year. I love you. Thanks for hanging with me tonight. I'll see you in the morning, 1030 a.m. Be blessed. Have a great night. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.